No, I know I didn't want to like put words in your mouth, James, as well, but you did mention that you're a huge fan of the podcast and this yeah. is a lot of the guests do, do say it. This is, I, I mean, it's, it's not my words, but peak has been mentioned a lot. Um, oh, yeah. you know, a uh, career high. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, like I, it's it's all these little things, and I'm, I mean, I'm just delighted that I get to you know. Today, today is the the big day for me. It, there you said it, not me. I'm on interviews. <laughs> I'm I'm winning. Hello and welcome back to another season of Finterviews. It has been a hot second since I've got back onto this mic and you know what? It's fair enough. I think we all need the summer off, a little time to recharge. I mean, this is the first big summer that we've had since COVID really and I definitely had myself booked up. Festivals, parties, events, um, almost became homeless. That was a fun one. Um, but here we are back again just at the end of Virgo season and you know what? Just time for autumn. I decided let's get back into it. We have been putting this off for long enough but I think we're ready to get settled into the cosy winter evenings and uh, hopefully um, you're here for another delightful season of me um, interviewing some of the most interesting people that I know. Of course, I mean, with the start of a new season, I need to come back with a bang. And who else but the wonderful, the brilliant, the amazing, also very humble, um, James Kavanagh. Uh, James is a presenter, influencer, entrepreneur. If you're not familiar with him, where have you been at? Honestly, we chatted about everything from the key to a happy life the best food recommendations in dublin that's a biggie and presenting horror stories as well as everything from how you got started into this whole realm of becoming an influencer i mean starting up a business cookbooks and genuinely just having the chats as now a fellow neighbor in fibsborough um I record this now a good couple of months ago and it's only getting around to it but uh, hopefully it hasn't aged too much. Um, James has since then been busy, busy, busy and has opened up a food truck. I mean, this is a man who does not stop but I was so grateful that he stopped for a second, sit down for a chat with me and um, come on as my very first guest on this new season. So, without further ado... Please enjoy this latest episode of season four of Finterviews with the wonderful James Kavanagh. Welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. On the show this week, I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. James Kavanagh. How's it going, sir? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for the <laughs> intro. I love um, your accent, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, I did get it myself, so um, it's actually not like a search thing. Uh, no, I'm delighted. Usually people... Huh? <laughs> Where did you buy it? Oh my god! There's this lovely little place in the Liberties. You'll never believe it. <laughs> Where actually is it from? It's from uh, County Armagh. Yeah, Armagh. Okay. Yeah. You, do you know where Armagh is? I know it's up the north. <laughs> You're doing better than a lot of people, honestly. I remember when I first came down to Dublin, they're like, "Oh yeah, where about you from?" And I was like, "Oh, Armagh." They're like, "Oh, I have cousins from Derry." It t- uh. for reference point, I'm equal distance from Derry as I am from Dublin. And I was like. That's brilliant. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I've, I've, I've nothing else to give you, but um, <laughs> do, do you want like I, I don't know, like a gold star? Uh, <laughs> you, you don't know the da- you're not you don't know the dairy girls then. 
I know a couple of Derry girls, not the Derry girls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much. I mean, I, I was actually had this pure idea that I was going to like start off the show by saying, James, no, I won't come on to like your podcast. What did I eat this week? Stop it. We have to start recording. <laughs> but then I just completely flogged it and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to be professional. <laughs> Yeah. Still <laughs> oh my god yeah i'll edit it back out yeah no, no uh, uh, i i can't i'm so busy and professional uh, yeah i'll get my people to talk to your people yeah there's a lot of people you might have to jump through a couple of hurdles but like just um yeah. i'll send the invoice after at the end it'll be grand Dude, yeah no <laughs> i mean okay well i suppose let's crack down into it. james welcome on to interviews um for the rare okay like no i can't even do this rare occasion thing that people don't know yet because honestly as soon as i put up i guess said in my story if anybody looks at any questions whatever like this when I say flooded in with kind of people being like oh my god you're having James Kavanagh they're like will be will Diana make an appearance I was like I don't know guys it's very she's in the, get her in here oh my god hey. maybe, do you know what maybe we'll just hold it like this for the rest and few but <laughs> oh my god hello <laughs> oh she's she's camera shy it's fine in yeah. the occasion that people aren't aware of you I mean we're just, just seems for somebody I suppose that's been keeping up yourself and you know um and all the other bits I mean how what would you say I mean tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from um a bit about your background James I suppose yeah so um my name is James Alan Kavner that's my middle name uh it's on my passport as well it's after my dad um I'm a cancer um I was born sorry <laughs> What's that line? Is it from is it from Legally Blonde? She's like, I'm a Gemini versus a Tergo. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like when she's introducing herself, yeah. yeah. I'm a Gemini, blah blah blah. No, I'm I'm uh, my star sign is cancer. I was born on the 17th of July, 1989. Um I am from Churchtown, which is kind of I always say it's near Dundrum because no one ever knows about Churchtown in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I went to um I went to three secondary schools. <laughs> um the, the first one I went to didn't like, so I was sent to boarding school, which I mm. loved. Mm. I loved it too much that I wasn't getting enough uh, work done. So I was sent to um, a, it's kind of a fifth and sixth grind school in Dublin called Asheville College, mm. um, where I still didn't really get enough work done. And I did. I got enough points in, in my leaving cert to do basket weaving on the Aran Islands. That was the only like course on the CAO form I could do. I know. Um, oh yeah so um I was never an academic person ever um I was always more in interested in like after curricular stuff I was like in the drama group in school and I was always like arranging like helping arrange sports day arrange like I just loved arranging things (laughs) and like put you in a room with a mess you better expect it to be arranged. My God, yes. Or I will get someone in to arrange it. Um, <laughs> Even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of was good with people, and uh, that was kind of my that was really my skill. I was always the one in, especially in, in boarding school. I was always setting people up. Um, I was a bit of a cupid in school, and. <laughs> I was always going in between groups. If there was ever fights, mm. I would be the one passing messages to each other. I was, you know, there wasn't a group in school I wasn't able to kind of gel with or be friends with. Yeah. Um, so I think um, I think that's where I, I gathered that I wanted to work in like 
in sort of events or, or people or something. And then I, then I discovered and learned about PR and marketing, mainly from Ab Fab, the show. And mm. I was kind of like, that's what I want to do in my life. <laughs> that's um, it, that's it. There yeah. we are. Oh. Second appearance. Oh my day. There you are, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> she heard her cue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I decided I would do communications um, uh, because I didn't get enough leaving cert points to do, um, you know, to go to proper college. I went mm. to Rathmines College, um, which is like a, a what, what's it called? PLC course. Mm. Um, so you can get in basically with zero points. <laughs> and um, I, I did communications in there and then I got a job. I got offered a job in Thinkhouse, a, a PR company. And I worked there for five years and it was the best five years of my life because it was like it, it, when you're working in, working in a PR agency, you end up doing like a, a million different types of jobs. Like mm. I remember I was on the phone one day to a farmer trying to get hay bales, <laughs> trying to bargain the hay bales because we wanted them for a Ben and Jerry's event. Yeah. Um, and then you'd be on the phone to like media trying to get them to write a story about something. And mm. um, you'd then be on, a, you know, you'd be rushed into a meeting to try and get extra budget from a client. So mm. you really end up doing loads of different things. And I think that's uh, like I learned a lot from that. In, mm. and, and I put that into practice into what I do in my day to day life, um, which is kind of running a business with my my boyfriend, William, a food business and then do my own thing. And mm. um, so I really am grateful for that kind of start in life mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah my god I mean I did just ask uh, like a little bit back about hearing and I love that you literally just went like this is where we started to go today I mean that yeah. fucking cut out a whole 20 minute segment of me being like well like I guess how would you ever describe like to get into like a presenting kind of role? like oh my god like a professional okay. KBN, my dad well, <laughs> ask if I left blanks huh Oh no, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll remember afterwards and be like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Um, but I suppose, yeah. I mean, as you said, you kind of came from this mixed background. I mean, I think it shows like in your kind of personality as well. Obviously, taken to like fame. I mean, with uh, the likes of you know all your kind of presenting media stuff as well. Like, I think you can tell that you've been around people. You've kind of done like lots of work with lots of different types. Oh my god, sorry, I'm not going to be able to like. <laughs> <laughs> to a proper question when yeah <laughs> maybe i should ask the real important questions um how is diana what's her thoughts a star sign i mean should we should we just go down that route for the whole podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> cancer yeah. i can tell yeah. <laughs> but yeah i suppose like coming from like a completely different you know world of you know where academically you weren't really you know seeing stuff kind of happen for you into a world that you know is about you know having personality having that kind of like entertainment you know factor to get around meet people in different rooms like what kind of was I suppose like was there anything that particularly influenced you whenever you start getting into that more of the field of right here's me you know making you know content going on to shows like especially mm-hmm. even like make your own business like what was the kind of influence going down that route I suppose well I guess like for kind of me doing presenting and, you know, getting into that world and and using social media as a big Mm. platform my life that that kind of happened by accident I was I I I, I like got onto Snapchat because all my friends were on it um and then I didn't really know what like what to do on Snapchat like I think when Snapchat first well <laughs> is it just nudes or like what's happening <laughs> yeah that's what Snapchat was kind of used mainly for with like dick pics and <laughs> 
you know, it didn't leave a breadcrumb trail. So that's what I knew it, knew it as. Um, but then I, I noticed other people were kind of like, um, you know, using it as almost like vlogging. They were kind yeah. of like, day-to-day life so I I ended up scaring my boyfriend William on it loads Mm -hmm. and he scares like really like theatrically and amazing so I'd always kind of um jump out from behind things and (laughs) that got me like thousands of followers like within a week um and I went from zero to like thousands and thousands um I remember like, you know, I went, I went, joined Snapchat, I'd say on the Friday and by the Tuesday, I'd like 10,000 followers. Um, Jesus. And, oh my yeah, God. Just kept going 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Like it just was going mental. And it was all, it was, William loves to remind me it's all because of him. and him. Of course. But yeah, then, God. Of, you know, I started like, you know, um, filming other bits and bobs in my life and people stuck around for that um, unex- unex- completely unexpectedly like I didn't plan for this at all um, I never wanted to or not that I never wanted to, I just never thought of mm. becoming uh, an influencer or a, a vlogger or a blogger because I was mm. really happy in my in my job and I was working working away in PR um, so then I started to be I started to get offers from brands it was kind of at the very start of like influencing as a career Mm. and there was there was only a couple of other people that were like using Instagram or you know there was a lot of YouTubers and stuff that they were like established but using something like Snapchat because stories on Instagram hadn't come around yet so using something like that to to uh, record your day and then it all disappears it was a funny platform like it's there's nothing left on it after (laughs) yeah there's no trace so it was very um I think it it was very addictive for people because you knew you didn't watch someone's story it's going to be gone you're going to mess it yeah yeah, there was that uh, big hunger for snapchat when it first exploded um and it became a for brands anyway it became a very important new exciting way of advertising so Mm. I started to be offered a couple of grand from brands to like do ads for them. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is insane. <laughs> um, uh, so I, over time, over a couple of months, whatever, like the, the money I was being offered from, from brands was starting to out, you know, outperform the money I was getting for, you know, my PR job. So I was kind of <laughs> like, hang on, I might, I might jump over here. Material uh, girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so I, I remember telling my parents and my parents had no idea what, like what Snapchat was or anything like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm leaving my job. And my parents were like, oh, what agency are you going to? Or like, you know, what's the next thing? And I was like, oh no, I'm leaving. Cause I, I'm off. I'm being, it sounded like, you know, those scams you get like on, on an email. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm a prince and I've left you 10 million. Um, yeah. Just your 10 million by giving me your bank details. I was like, oh yeah, I'm leaving because there's this app called Snapchat and I'm being offered money from Cadbury uh, to to promote their chocolate bars. Um, and my, my parents were like, what? Like, you know, um, so they uh, were horrified at the mm. idea of me jumping at this random opportunity. And there was, mm. the, the thing about it was, there was no one to compare myself to. There was no one to be like, oh, look, well, that person's doing it and that person's successful because there was no one else like to compare to. Yeah. Um, so I did it anyway. Some and, may say you're the godfather of influencers. My God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
a first influencer slut. <laughs> no, I wasn't the first. There was a couple of other people doing it, but there wasn't. A lot of them had other jobs as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, like there was everyone was. It was the beginning of it, so there was a load of people doing it. But like we all had our our, our lives. Mm. You know, no one was doing it full time. Mm. That was the kind of problem. You know, when explaining mm. it to other people, there was no one to be like, "Well, that person," you know, blah blah. Because as I said, there was like bloggers and YouTubers and stuff. But like they had, like there was like. You know, with bloggers and YouTubers, there was like a catalog of all of their content mm. online, and you could see a very definite um the timeline of all their timeline yeah. Yeah. and what yeah. they do, and here's what you know, here's what they've done. But with Snapchat, there's nothing, <laughs> literally nothing. <laughs> so you know, I, I think even it was probably difficult for um marketeers or whatever to explain to their to their bosses and stuff that Snapchat's a good thing to do mm. because. They could never really show me like my content to people because it all was like disappearing. Mm. Um, so it's funny. Um, it's a funny, funny thing to begin. But I did that. And then after a few months, um, my Instagram started to fill up as well. And of course, that's more of a footprint because mm. you can see followers on that. Mm. See, see the content I'm putting up. So they, the followers I gained from Snapchat all started to spill over onto Instagram, which was great because, as I said, that's a more solid, you know, form with followers. And, and it's not so, Snapchat was like murky and a bit like no one was really sure how it worked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You get the credibility moving on to Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Exactly. So I did that and that was, you know, I'm I'm doing this now five or six years, and I I start I started to do more and more videos and mm. uh, that lived online or that lived on my grid. Mm. So then I started to get offers of doing like TV stuff. I was I was a regular on expose on TV three, and I used to do showbiz uh, reporting for um for for expose, and then I did a, a stint in Spin One Hundred Three Eight. I was like there. Uh, <laughs> five things to do during the week I would go in and 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 talk about different things to do during the week and then um I was uh I I got offered uh to do Ireland's Got More Talent I was presenting that with Glenda Gilson so it it flung open didn't just slowly open it flung open so many doors that like I definitely wouldn't have even gotten near if you know if I hadn't started out in Snapchat and then you know went on to Instagram so it's a very interesting um few years and then because I had left my PR job mm. I I started um to become obsessed with food because William went to Ballymaloo and then I ended up going to Ballymaloo and that that's what was great about working for myself I freed up loads of time that I could explore my other interests mm. that I never got to really explore before mm. so I because I went straight really from secondary school into into a Working job life yeah Jesus yeah, the PLC thing was only like six months or something mm. so I I um I I just went straight into working. So I never did a J one. I never went on a leaving cert holiday. I never um I never, you know, did six months abroad or or you know, a stint in Australia. Mm. I never did any of that. I just went straight into working, renting, paying bills. So this was kind of like my break. It was mm. like I went I went to Ballymaloo, I did the cookery course down there. I had like almost like a break from work, a sabbatical in a way. Mm. So I kind of um started up our our, uh, our food company, Curabini. Um 
and we started kind of sharing our recipes online and then um we were approached by penguin um to do a cookbook um which won best cookbook of the year and if it did well yeah so uh, it opened as i said it opened up just loads of doors i definitely wouldn't have gotten near unless you know i i had that presence online so yeah yeah my god fucking william's absolutely right jesus christ honestly oh it all to him yeah exactly (laughs) god yeah he's really calling there Uh, but I suppose like I mean you did like kind of touch on I suppose where you came from stuff like there's all different jobs and like how you kind of like fed in I'm always kind of like I love this it's like an Oprah question but uh, I always like remember her going back like I used to work at Burger King whatever I don't know why I gave her that accent Jesus Christ but um, (laughs) I used to work at Burger King Um, but I suppose like was there any particular, I suppose, character building jobs that you had growing up that maybe informed, you know, the kind of person you are today, the kind of personality, you know, real, you mm-hmm. know, gritty there of kind of stuff that I don't know. I, I, yeah, I always bring yeah. it back to like people usually wearing jobs or like, I mean, people have worked in Ann Summers and they're like, that's what fucking like informs the person I am today. I don't know if you had any ones particular or was it mainly the PR? Um, yeah, it was mainly the PR that kind of formed who I am today and really trained me in kind of people management mm. and um, PR at its core is just telling stories. Mm. That's all PR is. You work for different brands or different people and you're telling their story <laughs> via you or via press releases or whatever. Mm. So that's essentially what I'm doing now. I just tell my own life story through different platforms and stuff. Mm. So it's PR, but to be honest, it's because I, I worked from a very young age and mm. I'd, hate to admit that to, I'd hate to admit that to my parents that I'm glad that they made me work from a very young age. Like I was from age 15, I was like working in a pub separating bottles like into different bins. So there was, you know, when you're you know working in a pub, the barman throws bottles into Arranging, James, right yeah. back to your Arranging. <laughs> Exactly. So I, I used to have to sort out the, the the little blue bins would come out into the yard mm. and have to sort them out, and it was mm. hell. Especially after like you know uh, Christmas or New Year's or like oh god or St Patrick's. Honestly, it was no. like a sea. I'd go out into the yard and I'd be wading up to my knees in bottles and then I'd have to like drag the the, the brown bin the green bin and whatever the other bin was and and, and do the green all the green bottles the Heineken bottles mm. and then all the, uh, the the Baileys bottles the brown bottles blah blah and then the the Coca-Cola bottles and the white bottles and it would take I'd go in from like 8am and I wouldn't leave till like 10pm oh my god yeah Jesus. yeah I'd be like almost frostbit and like covered, <laughs> covered in like bits of drink. And yeah. like, uh, it was just absolutely horrendous. Um, and I always, I always remember in like in summer, in the height of summer, the Bailey's bottles would like go because it's like dairy. It would oh, get, like go God. all like separated and like, oh. Really bad. So I did that for I did that for about two years. But I think <laughs> two years. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to get absolutely. I used to get about fifty euro for the whole day. Yeah, fifty euro for the whole day. Sorry, um, I. Is this in Dublin as well? Like in Dublin, yeah. Mc, it used to be called McGowns in Churchtown. Oh, what kind of fucking? Like, sorry. 
trying to survive. Like, oh, back in the day, I had to do some bottle slinging for like yeah. 50 years. And like, this sounds like some old school school shit. <laughs> like, man. I know. I was about to, like, my one's usually like, oh, I used to pick strawberries and stuff, I guess. And like, I get terrible. Yeah. You're like, you get like sick or whatever like this. Your one sounds like cobblestone streets being like, you know, oh, yeah. Like, and, like I had to wade through like the banks of bottles. Yeah. If only there was an <laughs> industry to do it. I don't know. <laughs> and I had no shoes and then I had to walk <laughs> home 10 miles. No, it was honestly, it was it was the worst job I've ever had. I don't think I could ever have a worse job. It was like, hell. Absolute James, hell. would you ever go back? Oh, yeah, I, I'm thinking of going back now, yeah. But like, do you know what? I don't, I don't, um, like, I think, I think having vile jobs like that make oh. me appreciate life even more. Exactly. Do you know that way? It's like, I don't know, you know, when you're walking through the like the, the car park at Electric Picnic and then you're walking for miles to your tent and then you get to your tent and then you pour yourself your first drink and it's just heaven. It's kind of like that, like having horrendous jobs make when you have a good job then or a good moment in life, you're like, mm. it feels even sweeter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It takes a bad to realize the good. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. 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 That's I, am, what I-, I am in general glad I was made work from a very young age and I have a real sense of of how important work is and um, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, work now, ethic. There, there is a, a part of me that would love to have been just like a spoiled like child who got everything they wanted. I, I definitely wouldn't deny that. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, you were, you were doing the... <laughs> Right, I still can't believe you fucking were slinging bottles at like 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, as you said, create that worth ethic. I mean, kind of gives that fire under your ass as well to be like, uh, I'm definitely never going to back down that route. Like, as someone who worked for like three years, like all the way through college, like in school and stuff, I used to, went from, I remember my, uh, my step up in the world went from like, doing strawberries I was like hate it and then I finally got a job inside a kind of place and I was like oh my god there's a roof on, on top of this like this <laughs> is crazy oh yeah it was in Domino's um I stayed for two stuff days and ran for my life um uh, and then oh. yeah and then I like to said that I was like just such a people person wanting to do waitering and stuff like this until my final day when I literally had a woman tell me to shove a table up my ass and I said oh. come to my show later um uh, and then yeah honestly uh I think it does give you a good amount of like work ethic but more to the sense that as you said after going through like a long stage to be like you just appreciate <laughs> kind of the points where you get to then today I suppose, with all this in mind, I mean, have there been any major stand-up moments from the <laughs> from the little boy in the bottle bags to where you're, I'd say, you know, any kind of major experiences that I suppose you never thought or never could have imagined you would have had? Well, definitely um, writing our cookbook. And we had been working at, uh, you know, developing Curabini for about, I don't know, four years at that mm. stage. Um, and then being approached by Penguin to write it, which was like unbelievable, like an unbelievable opportunity. And then working on it with like a professional photographer and mm. having like shoot days. And mm. it was so exciting and so fun. Um, and then kind of seeing it like being put out to the world and people buying it and mm. people sending us pictures of stuff they've made from the cookbook. And and then winning, you know, best cookbook, like all those little touch points up to the with the cookbook. That that was definitely the standout moment for sure. Yeah. No, 
I know I didn't want to like put words in your mouth, James, as well, but you did mention that you're a huge fan of the podcast and this yeah. is a lot of the guests do, do say it. This is I I mean, it's it's not my words, but peak has been mentioned a lot. Um oh, yeah. you know, a career high. Um yeah. So I mean, yeah, like I, it's it's all these little things, and I'm, I mean, I'm just delighted that I get to, you know, today, see. Today is the the big day for me. It, there you said it, not me. I'm on reviews. <laughs> I'm I'm winning. Ex- oh my god, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, do you expect thing? I mean, it is a little bit annoying after this because nothing really hypes up to the same extent. But um, that is that is part of the game. Do you know what I mean? It's part of the experience. Yeah. But I mean, maybe actually this great segue on the flip side. Giovanni made your horror stories. I suppose from working in such um. I mean, a public kind of sphere, like kind of like you're always in the public eye, working in this industry that is essentially you, your personality, your business, yeah. everything you're laying out yourself on the table. Yeah, I I think probably the most horrifying moment, like in when I got asked for this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Today, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I, I get like I, I presented Ireland's Got More Talent uh, with Glenda Gilson, and I found that whole experience terrifying. I said, and especially our last few, because I was going from me in my bedroom with a phone, you know, mm. uh, to like six cameras, a director in your ear. Like I find all that really scary. Um, and then we did, uh, and that was just pre-recorded shows. And then mm. we moved on and did live shows. So that was in front of the Helix, like a, a massive live audience. Mm. Then someone counting down in your ear that you're about to go on. Three cameras. You have to look for the camera with the red light. And mm. then, you, you know, you have to think about all these different things. Uh, it's really, really tough. And um, I, uh, we had the auto cue above the camera and we were about to go live on one of the semi-final episodes. And it, it was like three, two, and it went blue. And there was no auto cue. <laughs> And I, I, we did have cue cards and mm. like I knew bits of information. So I, we kind of just had to wing it. But like seeing that go blue two seconds before we were just about to go live was the worst experience <laughs> I've ever had. I mean, yeah, yeah that, 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 that sounds pretty terrifying, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like, Very good luck. Creepy. Um, yeah, no, we've got you all set up. Oh, this is live, by the way. And then it just goes tits <laughs> up. I actually, yeah kind of feel a little bit like I uh, understand this because I actually used to work um, up north in the BBC newsroom but I used to do the teleprompter mm. it's always broadcast live yeah <laughs> it was my first time doing it <laughs> and fully whenever they're in the middle of doing a story news anchor going through reading the auto cue they decide halfway through they're like oh that story's out we got a cut right the teleprompter the way it worked is that uh, it would only go like down or whatever up you know that kind of way yeah. but you couldn't reverse it um okay. me live there one of my first days i go like oh yeah we need to go now i'd go too far and next thing they're just looking at blank for like a minute and when i say oh. i seen producers managers every turn around in studio all at once going oh. <laughs> <laughs> to me and and then uh finished up in 10 minutes and walked out and got a coffee it was great oh my God. <laughs> I was like, for your eyes. I was like i'll see you tomorrow yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah I, that is definitely a horror story for the industry yeah. dear god now i am very cautious that zoom has been a little bastard and actually limits us to 40 minutes now even oh. if two person calls so literally just went to us being like <laughs> countdown's on so now i have to go in game mode james and i have very important questions that i've been sent in through the the 
very dedicated followers, I will say, for obviously everything James Kerr Biddy. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to do some quick fire questions with you. Yes. Right. So the first one comes up. It says, <laughs> um, what is your favourite food and drink place in Dublin? Or, I mean, anywhere. It says, what's your favourite food and drink place if you could pick two? If I could pick two. I love chapter one. Stunning. Um, in Dublin for like a really fancy, fancy, fancy mm. uh, dinner. Mm. Um, and I'll go for a kind of cheapy kind of one. Do you know what? I love McDonald's. I absolutely adore <laughs> McDonald's. I can't get enough of it. But if I'm going to, you know, pick something a bit more different. I love, um, I love Bang Bang, um, which is a cafe oh, for me. Do you know it? The Brunch Burger. Brunch burger. That yeah. is my hangover cure. Oh my god, I'm with insane. like the relish and or like, what is it like chutney? Oh my god! And I always yeah. like order like actually like sausage and avocado and oh my bang bang. It's oh. phenomenal. Yeah. Ha- so, have you ever got the cinnamon rolls from there? No. Are they good? When I say it, I don't like cinnamon rolls, really, right? And I turned up one day again, dying. They just them out of the oven. They're like, they're they're like, you're so lucky you're here. These usually go in like ten minutes, and I'm like. Oh, really? They're like, yeah, we're literally known for these. I have dreams about them. Next day, you have to go. Yeah, I mean, if they're ever there, that you have to get them. My God. Bang, bang. Their iced coffee, in my opinion, is the best iced coffee in town. Yeah, and it's served in like the, like, it's real concentrated, real small, like, cup as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they foam uh, a third of the milk, which no one else does. (laughs) And then they put it in and stir it in. It makes every, it makes it all velvety. Yeah, I mean, this podcast is also sponsored by Bang Bang, so that's perfect, actually. Yeah. <laughs> now, on to our next question. What is your most prized possession, James? My cat, My Diana. Cat. Stunning. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but like, I knew where that one was going to go. Um, I mean, so speaking of Diana, fave or most iconic pop culture moment, if you could pick one? For Princess Diana? I mean, for anything. I mean, just, and this is in oh, general. sorry. Fave pop culture moment. Um, I think it, it, it's a long moment, but the simple life with Paris and Nicole, like that, just gave birth to so much um, pop culture moments. Oh my in god! General. So I'm going to say the simple life. Sliving. I mean that. Like I love that. There's like there's a certain community that knows about like the simple life, and then there's people who are like try to explain to you. It's like no, it's like uh, Paris and uh, yeah, and like Nicole. They literally just used to go right, and they were like working on like farms and stuff like this, and then they just get bored and leave and just like drive yeah. around these country girls. Yeah, yeah, oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Now this is getting a little bit more deep, James. But best advice you've ever received. Best advice I've ever received. Mm. Wash your hands before dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. Um, oh yeah. Um, you spend, you spend, uh, I think a third of your life in bed. Mm. So get a really good, get really good bed clothes and a mattress topper. A mattress topper is the best advice I've ever gotten. That is absolutely game changer advice. You have a mattress topper. Absolutely. Uh, Incredible. Oh, honestly, yeah. Like whenever I was like going starting a union stuff like this, obviously you're getting your own bed, and you best believe my mom's like getting ba- like mattress topper. Yeah. And mind to people that I was like, why is your bed so bad? And then you're yeah. like, idiots. Like I actually carry around like a little like I do that thing as well. That I like actually do like a double kind of like softened yeah. thing on it. It's game changer. If you have your sleep sorted, honestly, that's the key to life. That's... So there's no. There's... 
you know, it's it, it, if you have your eight hours deep REM sleep or whatever, you'll be able to achieve anything. So sort your sleep out and everything else will be fine. Yeah, just use your discount code uh, sleep, yeah. sleep James uh, <laughs> at the checkout if you grant. Now, James, I think I already know where this is going to go, but we have had a question here saying, what's your opinions on astrology? Are we fans? Do we believe? Astrology. Do you know what? Even though I said initially, it opened the interview saying I'm a cancer, blah, blah, I actually don't know too much about it. Um, but I love when, so I love hearing people who are mad about it tell me. Um, but I, I, ne- I never know what people are on about when they say, oh, Mer- Mercury's in retrograde or, or Snickers is in the Milky Way or whatever, whatever those things people say are. But I, lo- I do love hearing about them. But I, I don't think I'd be so much of a believer in, um, you know, some people like won't date someone unless they're oh. or whatever. So I don't know about that side of ex- extreme astrology. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a red flag whenever people ask like, oh, what, like, you know, what's your star sign? And then they'd be like, when were you, what time were you born? And then I go like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. My, yeah. I mean, my, my main thing with astrology is the only thing that I get to do from our Lord and Savior, Nadine Coyle, is Craig and Valley. Yeah. Born uh, eight times June, make me Jimmy. Because uh, me and Nadine yeah. are both Geminis. So, I mean, that's... It's funny that you're putting on the accents. You have it. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the uncultured, you're Geminis. <laughs> Yeah, no, I actually do realise that. It's like basically their sounds the same anyways. Uh, and now finally, with our last little mint to come up here, this one is sent in from my dear friend Kiva Baxter, big fan of the show, is asking, James, please discuss the Smirnoff party girl to board Nimona briquette influencer pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's a genuine question she sent in. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't even know if you have an answer for that. <laughs> I, I mean, vodka and 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 lighting fires? Is that kind of the vibe? <laughs> I think she went from like that, obviously, you know, from going as, a, you know, the party kid in town to, you know, oh, yes. everybody's stunning, making the roasts and stuff like that. Like, what is the pipeline? <laughs> I feel like we've seen the influencers move to in the last wee while. I feel like that was more the question. I just love the way it was worded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It shows I, I'm a girl who can do both, I guess. <laughs> Sliving, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. cooking with parts all over again. <laughs> My God, well, James, thank you so much. I'm aware that I just gave you the weirdest kind of swing around with questions. And I basically I um, cornered you in an elevator to get you on this podcast. Uh, so <laughs> for all that's worth, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I mean... <laughs> lol like I was about to do this thing where I'm like like how do people find out everything James Cabot work they find <laughs> and then I was like if they're literally come through me to find you that's like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I'm on uh, onlyfans.com forward slash uh, big dick James <laughs> big dick Whoa. James lovely Diana. <laughs> and if we want to follow Diana yeah exactly <laughs> follow her follow her <laughs> Well, James, it's been an absolute pleasure, um, honestly. And uh, for someone who started off a podcast, literally just like reach out to people, you know, whatever like this, see either like away from the scene for a while, to kind of get along to obviously doing stuff like this with yourself. Uh, it makes it all worth it. Do you know what I mean? No, but honestly, I appreciate you taking out the time and t- no talking to some spacky naughty kid on the internet. So uh, yeah, delighted. <laughs> And that, unfortunately, is where our interview was cut short by Zoom. Thank you so much to James and to you, listener, for tuning in to another episode, another season 
of interviews. If you'd like to support the podcast, please do so by giving us a like, comment, share, subscribe, a five-star rating on whatever listen platform you're on. Honestly, all that stuff really does help. And also a huge thing that you could do for me is to follow us on socials. Share it on your stories. We will have videos be coming out soon enough as well. And um, if you'd like to also financially support the podcast, because funny enough, I still haven't got a sponsor, you can do so by buying me a coffee. If you just follow the link in the bio, it'll bring you to a little website called Kofi, and that's where you can give me two or three quid to fund my caffeine addiction and keep this podcast afloat. Uh, thank you so much again for coming back for another season. And uh, Stacia, have fun. I'll chat to you next week. See you. Bye.